Hi, this is Amita Switlow. I am in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I just um, um, am interviewing Amanda First, who served with VSO. And where did you serve, Amanda? With VSO, I spent two years in Rwanda. I started in January 2007 and went to January 2009. So you're a recent return very recent. Okay, I remember seeing your name on the list and emailing you, welcome back. <laughs> That's right. Um, so Amanda, what had you studied before you went overseas? Before I went overseas, I started with an education degree at okay. the University of Winnipeg. So it was a five-year degree with a major in physical education and a minor in biology. Okay, and what made Amanda decide to go do this? Uh, it's something I've thought about probably since high school. I think it started when I was in elementary school and I liked elephants. Oh, okay. And that was enough to convince me that I wanted to go to Africa. And as I learned more about it, learned more about the culture, I think I did a project in grade 7 on Mozambique and started to learn a little bit more of what was out there in the world. I decided that's really where I wanted to end up. And my education degree was really just to get me overseas and volunteering. It was never to be a teacher here in Winnipeg uh -huh. or even here in North America. Wow. Just, just to get overseas and get some volunteer experience. Right after university, I volunteered with Right to Play oh, in yes. Tanzania and worked in refugee camps with um, different volunteers in the community and worked on sports programs so that they could then implement sports programs for children in the camps. So let's take this seriously. This lady has just come back from a rugby practice. <laughs> uh, so she continues to be very active in, this, in sports. So you go on assignment. Where, where, where did you go in Rwanda? I was based in a little village east of the capital, so east of Kigali, yeah. and it was called Musha. M-U-S-H-A. Okay. Musha. How many people in that town? When school was in session, it, so there was a high school there, that's why I worked. When school was in session, there was an extra 700 in the village. Um, without school in session, there was probably a few hundred in the village. I think we had five haircutting salons, about seven little corner shops that sold the standard cookies, tomatoes, onions, and not much more than that. Mm -hmm. And that was all. No market. Um, there was a couple churches, but really nothing more than that. Our nearest market was about a half hour drive away on the local bus. Huh. How did you, um, that posting, what were you te teaching here? Yeah, uh, with that posting I was doing math and sciences in French immersion. So Rwanda being a French country, I was teaching in French. Oh, and she says it beautifully, too. Um, where did you learn French? Uh, just here in Winnipeg. I did French immersion from kindergarten to grade 12. Huh. I love the I love your accent. It's very beautiful. It's Manitoban. It's Manitoban <laughs> French, okay. Um, so, uh, did your French get a lot better in the... In the in Rwanda? I would honestly say it probably got a little bit worse. <laughs> the, okay. the level, unfortunately, the level of French in Rwanda is quite low, and it's a very different French than what would be spoken in France or even what's spoken in Canada. Yes. And so we really had to adjust our French speaking and the words that we chose to make it simple for the students to understand. Many of our students were learning French as a third language, and oh. yet it's the language they have to work in in class. They might speak Kinyawanda at home. They might have another local language they know. They may know Swahili, English, and French. 
So for some of them, they already have a lot of languages in their head. Wow. So, sorry, how old were the children you taught? We were in high school, so we had grade, what would be the equivalent of our grade 7 to up to grade 12. So the students were anywhere from 13 years old were probably our youngest, and I think we had students in their 30s as well. Mm -hmm. With the genocide in Rwanda, it meant a lot of students were held back from school and they weren't able to study during the war. So it means that right now a lot of the students are older, and they've, since the war, have returned to school and are attempting to finish up their their high school education. So you come back and um, you still have Rwanda in your blood. <coughs> By the way, I need to know before we go there, did you see an elephant? In Rwanda, never. Actually, yeah, there. <laughs> there's there's a myth that there is one in Akagera, in the in the park that's in the east of Rwanda that borders the border with Tanzania. There's a myth that there's one crazy elephant left. But a lot of the park has been reduced when the refugees returned to Rwanda. They had no land because in fleeing Rwanda during the war, it meant that their land was given away to the dominating tribe that stayed. So it meant that when they returned, they needed to find land. And Rwanda being a tiny landlocked country that's extremely overpopulated, the result was that they had to limit the national park to give land for people returning. So a lot of deforestation. Yep, a lot of deforestation and a lot of reduction in the animals that were in that park okay. in years past. So, but did you <coughs> travel to Uganda or to... I to went to Tanzania on almost every holiday. I absolutely love Tanzania. And after my two years in Rwanda, I went right to Tanzania without coming back to Canada and did a year in Tanzania. So I only just got back at the end of December. So I ended up doing three years overseas. Were oh. you with us too? I was only, no, with VSO for two years and then one year on my own. Okay, on your okay. own. Yeah. All right. So now um, you have done, you've continued a connection with Rwanda. Tell me about that. Well, we had the fortune of when I was actually in country on my placement with VSO, got introduced to an absolutely fantastic lady called Nirere Mercedin. Okay. She had been voluntarily teaching nursery school, not primary school, but nursery school, to over 80 children in her village. She had a space on her backyard that was probably three meters by three meters, and in that space, she would fit over 80 little children. For six years, she would teach them Monday to Friday, about 8.30 in the morning till noon. She would teach them in the three local languages, English, French, and Kinyamanda. She would go over the alphabet, numbers, and then take them out and sing songs and do different social skills with them. It was absolutely phenomenal and was quite honored to be able to be in touch with her and learn about what she had been doing. And so while we continued to know each other and learn more about what each other was doing, we decided to go into a partnership and see how we could help her make the school even more successful. And what we decided in the end was that giving them a school with a roof and walls and benches and a real chalkboard would be the most useful thing for her. And so we found a contact back here in Winnipeg and I connected up with Westwood Collegiate a local high school, and they were able to raise enough money for us to build a two-classroom school right near Marceline's house. And now how many children does she have there? We're in the second year, and there's over 150 students. She was able to find a second teacher. It's a graduating student from the high school that I worked at, and now together they are working with over 150 students in the school. Wow. So if I wanted to learn more about that project and I wanted to support it, what would I, where would I find it? Well, you can find it online. We are called Growing Opportunities International. For short, we just go by GO with an exclamation mark. International. 
So Growing Opportunities International, our website is www.growingopportunitiesinternational.com. And there it talks about the project. It's called the St. Laurent Nursery School in Rwanda. And it also talks about our next project. We've been fortunate enough to partner with a single mom in Tanzania whose vision is to create a home for street children and orphans in northern Tanzania. And through this partnership, we're on the, in the process of raising money to start building the center. We're a registered charity in Tanzania. And with that, the government has recognized us and has donated 20 acres of land north of Mwanza, so in northern Tanzania, near the border with Kenya. And so once we have enough money raised, we will go back over and begin the process of creating this home for street children and orphans on our 20 acres of land. And all that information can be found on our website as well. I am so impressed. <laughs> I've been wondering why I haven't heard from Amanda first for a while, and now I know why. That's right. I, and so what are you doing now in, in uh, Winnipeg? I'm working for the Winnipeg Airports Authority. I'm working as a trainer. I worked a little bit as a substitute teacher when I came back and then ended up with this job, and it's just a term. So hopefully by early next year we'll have enough money raised that we can go over and start our partnership in Tanzania and start building our home for street children. Do you want any volunteers to we support would, you? We would love it. We would love any support we can get. We've had great support in the community. We put on a few fundraising events, and there's been fantastic turnout from the community here. And we're really hoping to be involved with schools because students helping students is really a huge benefit on everybody. Our vision with Growing Opportunities is to have happy, harmonized, healthy communities. And not just communities overseas and not just communities in developing countries, but communities around the world. Enough said. <laughs> That's big. That's big, and I'm proud of you. And thank you for serving with us. Thank you very much. VSO really was able to teach me all the skills that I need to carry on with this. And as we talked about earlier, it's through volunteering with VSO and the long-term commitment to spending two years in the field, you learn so many skills that you take with you for the rest of your life. That's so, amazing. Yes. So thank you, VSO, for having me. Oh, God. Thanks. <laughs> take good care. You and, too. Uh, talk to you again in Winnipeg again if anybody wants to speak to Amanda www.growingopportunitiesinternational.com yep